You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Trainee Youth Minister Andy Fidock. reading from Luke chapter 7 verses 18 to 35. Heading is Jesus and John the Baptist. John's disciples told him about these things, calling two of them. He sent them to ask the, sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus they said John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sickness, evil spirits, gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out and see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxuries are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is none greater than John, yet the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way is a right, because they had been baptised by John. The Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose themselves because they had not been baptised by John. Jesus went on to say, What then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in a marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. But John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine and you say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and you say he is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. And this is the word of the Lord. As you listen to Adam give our reading for us today, you might have been thinking, there's quite a lot going on in this passage, and you might have found yourself getting a little bit lost. I know I did the first time I read it. So yesterday, instead of working on my assignment, I made this. I drew some pictures for us to help us get a bit more of a grasp of what is happening in these passages. So some guys come, some messengers come to ask Jesus a question. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Then once they leave, Jesus starts to talk about this guy called John who'd sent the messengers. When he's talking about John, Jesus references this part of the Old Testament in Malachi saying, I will send my messenger. Then he talks a bit about the kingdom of God before comparing tax collectors and Pharisees and how they've received Jesus' message. And then it ends with a warning through a parable that Jesus tells. So lots going on. But in all this stuff, there's some really awesome things that we can learn about God. So we're going to focus in on some of that today. 
So our reading starts with two disciples of a man named John coming to ask Jesus a question. And they ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, at the moment in some circles, maybe you've been part of some of these conversations yourself. People are asking with this pandemic around the world, is this the end of the world? Like, is the end of the world starting now? And some Christians are asking the question, is Jesus going to come back soon? Now, during the time when Jesus was on earth, people, Jewish people also had this kind of uncertain expectation of something that God was going to do. They weren't asking if Jesus was going to come back, but they were actually asking a different question. When is God going to send the Messiah? There was an expectation among Jewish people that one day their God, Yahweh, would send a Messiah, a Saviour, to deliver them. Just as they had been rescued, their ancestors had been rescued from slavery in Egypt, and as their ancestors had been rescued from exile, God was again going to come and save them. But how he was going to do that saving, what this Messiah was going to be like, that really varied between different people and between different Jewish groups. Some people thought this Messiah is going to come and he's going to be a political leader that is going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire and liberate all Jewish people. And other people thought, oh, maybe this Messiah is going to come and bring about more of a spiritual restoration of God's people. So it wasn't just these messengers that were asking this question. There were actually lots of people that were thinking, Jesus, are you the one that we've been waiting for? Are you the Messiah? If you've been following our series the last few weeks, you would have heard that Jesus has just recently been doing some very miraculous things. He healed a guy that was close to death, a Roman centurion soldier slave. Uh, he also healed a guy who was actually dead. He didn't just heal him, he brought him back to life. So really amazing, miraculous things. And then our reading today, Jesus talks about other things that he's doing, um, healing people's sight from the blind, helping people be able to walk again, getting rid of their leprosy. So Jesus, this guy, Jesus has been doing some very amazing stuff. But we often hear about Jesus' miracles and we can get kind of used to hearing them, thinking, oh yeah, Jesus is just the miracles guy, like it's not a big deal. But if you were actually there at that time, listening to someone tell you that this man Jesus was doing all these miraculous things, or maybe you even saw in front of your eyes that Jesus just brought someone back to life, you would have been really astounded by that. And it would have been really crazy for the Jewish people to see because Jesus was doing all these kinds of things that they had read about in the Old Testament that only their God Yahweh had the power to do, not a human. So if you want to take a look at verse 22 of our reading, Jesus says in response to John's disciples to their question, he says, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is being proclaimed to the poor. But who is this guy, John, that sent these messages to Jesus? Messengers to Jesus? In the next part of our passage from verse 24, Jesus begins to speak to the crowd about this guy called John. 
John was a prophet for God that was leading a renewal movement among the Jewish people. And he was saying to them, turn away from your evil ways. Turn back to the God that loves you, ready for a really exciting new thing that God is about to do. There's a group called The Bible Project that put together really great video resources, often similar stuff with pictures like I've tried to do today, but in a higher quality. Um, and they help us to understand the narrative of the Bible a bit better. They've put together a video to do with specifically this section on Luke, which goes into more detail about this renewal movement that John was leading. So I really encourage you to take a look at that maybe later today or this week. If you're someone that is familiar with Bible stories, you might have already heard about this guy, John. Maybe when you hear the name John the Baptist, automatically a picture goes into your head as to what this guy was like. If not, that's totally okay. If this is the first time you've heard about him, I'm gonna paint a bit of a picture for you now. So when I think of John the Baptist, I think this was a pretty rough, wild guy. We're told other places in the Bible that he wore camel hair as clothes. He ate bugs. He was a bit scruffy. He lived in the wilderness. So when I picture him, I imagine like an, a Bible times, scruffier looking Bear Grylls kind of character. Interestingly though, this description that we have at John isn't just telling us that he was liked that rugged lifestyle. It actually gives us a bit of an indication of who he was and what his role was. At various times in the Old Testament, so that's the first half of the Bible before Jesus comes, God spoke to his people through prophets and he would use these people often to speak warning to his people to say, turn back to God, turn from your evil ways and again live with him in his ways. And one of these prophets in the Old Testament was a guy called Elijah. And he gets described pretty similarly to the description we have of John, of wearing rough clothes, having a leather belt around his waist and being a really hairy man. So this was the kind of image that people already would have had in their minds of, oh, this is what a prophet looks like. So when Jesus says to the crowd, what did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury or in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? And this question makes a bit more sense now because seeing the way that this man, John, dressed and behaved, Jewish people would have been thinking, is this guy a prophet like the prophets of old, like Elijah? Jesus goes ahead and answers this question for us. And he says, yes, and I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one whom it is written about. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare a way before you. Here, Jesus is referencing a verse from the book Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. So I'm going to take us on a bit of time travel now back to the time of Malachi. So this was a time, it was about 400 years before this time now that we've been talking about with Jesus. At the time, uh, God's people had just returned from being in exile. They had been forced to leave their homeland because they were sinning against each other and against God. They were no longer living in God's ways or living in accordance to the covenant that he had with his people. So God used this really huge force of Babylon to overrule them and take them away from their land. 
Probably you have never been in exile, but to get a bit of a feeling what this would have been like, just imagine what it felt like when all the rapid changes happened because of COVID-19. The way we used to live just suddenly seemed to change. Well, it did change. So imagine that sensation, that feeling that you had, but turn it up like by 1000, because these people were in a new country, with completely new customs, surrounded by people they didn't know, places they didn't know, and no longer able to worship their God, even if they wanted to, in the way that he asked. And unlike our isolation period, which hopefully is not gonna last longer than a year, they were in exile for 70 whole years before God brought them back. So now they're back because of God's mercy, which is really, really exciting. So thinking, oh, cool, they're back from exile. So for sure, they're going to stick to the covenant this time. They're going to just be good people. It's just great times. It's like a party. <laughs> welcome back to anyone who nodded off. Hi, Dad. Welcome back. So unfortunately, that's not what happened. Yeah, they were pretty happy initially. But after just a few generations, they went back to living in their old ways. So the prophet Malachi was saying to them, guys, come on, already you're no longer following God again? <sighs> a day is going to come, the day of the Lord is going to come, and this is going to be when God will judge his people. He's going to purify them like a blazing fire. But before this day comes, he is going to send a messenger. So going back in time now to the time of Jesus and John, Jesus quoting this part from Malachi is making a very big call, saying that John is this messenger that has come before the day of the Lord. So the crowds hearing this, what Jesus is saying, they would start to be connecting these dots. If the messenger, John, has already come, then this Jesus is saying that he is the instrument through which God is going to judge and purify his people. And if this guy Jesus is doing things that we know only God has the power to do, then this must be the guy that we've been waiting for. This must be the Messiah. Now, the prophet Malachi had been saying 400 years earlier, you guys know that this day of judgment is coming. So turn back to God now. Don't wait for it. Turn back to the merciful God that loves you and live in his ways. And John was saying a really similar message. He was saying, turn back to the God that loves you, turn away from your sin and get ready for the amazing new thing that God is going to do. And right now we get offered this same message, except we sit on a side of history where we actually know what the amazing thing is that God was doing. We know that Jesus ended up being killed. He didn't come as expected by many, all guns blazing to overthrow the Roman Empire. It was actually the Roman Empire that nailed him to the cross. And the way Jesus came to judge and purify was to be the one that got judged on our behalf. He offered himself up to die so that we didn't have to for our wrongdoing. And that means that now we're purified from everything, all our sin, all the things that we've done wrong. And that means that we get to live in right relationship with God and we get to have eternal life with Him. So the victory that Jesus won was way bigger than just a victory over a political power. He won the victory over sin and death itself. So just like Malachi and John's message, let us too turn to God for whenever Jesus is going to come again. Something we don't have to wait for, though, is to be part of the kingdom of God now. 
but what is the kingdom of God and also what is it like? Jesus talks about the kingdom of God quite a lot during his ministry. But if I'm being honest, for a very long time, I was very confused every time it got mentioned. Is this something we're waiting for or is this something that's here right now? And the answer is that it's actually a bit of both. Because when you accept Jesus into your life and you acknowledge what he has done to die in your place on the cross, you're saying, Jesus, I want you to be king over my life. And Jesus is the king of the kingdom of God. He is the king of a kingdom that is going to last forever. Jesus tells us in verse 28, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Jesus saying that as far as prophets go, John is the best prophet there ever was. Yet he is least in the kingdom of heaven. Because the new thing that John said that God was about to start was starting now in Jesus. Because through Jesus, it wasn't just Jewish people, it wasn't just good people, but all people could now be part of the kingdom of God. And in God's kingdom, everything gets flipped on its head. So that means the poor, the suffering, those considered spiritual outsiders, children, the down and out kind of people, God in his goodness, he lifts them up. And we see pretty clearly what this kind of kingdom is like by the actions of King Jesus. He's a king that heals, that loves, that shows mercy to people even when they don't deserve it. So not everyone has chosen Jesus to be their king. And maybe that's you. Maybe right now you're watching to explore more about Christianity and who Jesus is. It's really great to have you. As a follower of Jesus, though, I believe that Jesus is going to come back and he is going to be king over everything and everyone. But in the meantime, while we wait for God's kingdom to be fully realized, we get given the special purpose to be God's delegates or representatives of that kingdom right here on earth now. And this is where the good news about Jesus can be put into action. Because we get the amazing purpose as representatives of God's kingdom to love people how God has loved us. And the best part is we don't even have to do it in our own strength because as representatives, God gives us his love to love other people with. And through that love, we get to be part of God's work. We get to show people, those that are suffering, those that are poor, those that are considered spiritual outsiders, the down and out kind of people, that in God's kingdom, they're high, that in God's kingdom, they're accepted and loved. Verse 29 and 30 of our passage tells us that the tax collectors and the sinners accepted this thing that Jesus was doing, the kind of kingdom that he was bringing about. These were the people that were considered socially low and despised by many because they were Jewish people that were working for the Roman Empire. They were taking taxes from Jews and often they would take even more than they needed just for themselves. So people didn't really like them. And yet these were the people that were being transformed by the good news that Jesus was sharing. In contrast, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law were rejecting God's purposes for themselves. Pharisees were men that were part of a strict religious group, a Jewish religious group that stuck really closely to God's law. And then they also added a whole bunch of other rules on top of that. And they really didn't like what Jesus was saying about his kingdom, that just anyone can enter, that their self-created righteousness just wasn't going to cut it. 
Jesus ends his talk to the crowds with a small parable speaking out against the Pharisees that I think can also be a really great warning for us too. From verse 31, it says, Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare this people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played a pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. So these kids are playing music for dancing, but the other kids won't dance. And they're playing a funeral song, but the other kids won't cry. As if to say, we're doing something that makes it really clear what we want from you, and yet you're not giving it to us. And this is kind of what the Pharisees were saying. They just weren't happy with the way that God was doing things. They weren't happy with the kind of Messiah that God had sent. They wanted a Messiah that was going to lift them up because of all their religious prestige. They didn't think that God might care about what was also going on inside their hearts. In the final verses of our passage, Jesus says, you aren't happy with how John came. He didn't eat bread or drink wine, so you thought that he had a demon in him. I came eating bread and drinking wine, and yet you say I'm a drunk and a glutton and I hang out with sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. And this saying, children of wisdom, was a well-known saying that meant people who share God's perspective, true wisdom. So the sinners and the tax collectors, these are the ones that were being proven wise because they were accepting what God was doing, how he was doing it through Jesus. Unlike the Pharisees who claimed to be wise and yet they weren't accepting this good news because they didn't like how it was happening. And here there's a warning for us too, because for us to pick Jesus, to choose him as our king, to be in his kingdom, is to decide to relinquish control of how we think God should do things. And that can be really tough. Maybe during this time of COVID, you found yourself asking the question, God, why haven't you just ended COVID? Or God, why haven't you helped us get a virus yet? And as we seek to understand God better and to get how he works and who he is, it's good for us to wrestle with these kind of questions. Because sometimes God does work in line with what we think is good, and other times he just doesn't. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I can relate to the Pharisees because I just don't understand what God is doing. And sometimes I just don't like what God is doing. But I don't want that to lead me or you to rejecting God's kingdom a kingdom that is going to stand forever, that welcomes all people, and a, king, a kingdom that has a king that is this amazing God, Jesus. So I'm going to pray for us now. God, we thank you for today, and we just thank you for this time to look at your word and learn more about you. God, I thank you that through Jesus, you enable us to become part of your good kingdom. I pray, Lord, that you would be showing us what it looks like to be representatives of that kingdom on earth. Thank you that we don't have to love from our own strength, but that you love through us. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.